The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Mary set out and went as quickly as she could to a town in the hill country of Judah. She went into Zechariah's house and greeted Elizabeth. Now as soon as Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leapt in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. She gave a loud cry and said, Of all women you are most blessed, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Why should I be honoured with a visit from the mother of my Lord? For the moment your greeting reached my ears, the child in my womb leapt for joy. Yes, blessed is she who believed that the promise made her by the Lord would be fulfilled. And Mary said, My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord, and my spirit exalts in God my Saviour, because he has looked upon his lowly handmaid. Yes, from this day forward all generations will call me blessed, for the Almighty has done great things for me. Holy is his name, and his mercy reaches from age to age for those who fear him. He has shown the power of his arm. He has routed the proud of heart. He has pulled down princes from their thrones and exalted the lowly. The hungry he has filled with good things, the rich sent away empty. He has come to the help of Israel his servant, mindful of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, of his mercy to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back home. The Gospel of the Lord. The Assumption is one of four very important dogmas that we hold in our gaze as we keep Mary there. Uh, the others are her Immaculate Conception, her Perpetual Virginity, and her Queenship. Is that correct? I hope that's right. <laughs> something like that. But um, clearly Mary is, is stapling something very clear for us in our belief, in our faith. When we recite the Creed, it's, it's almost like Mary's a, a linchpin holding it there. When we sing the Gloria, it's almost like Mary's a linchpin holding, holding that in a sensible shape. Because if this faith of ours has any effect on us at all, where does it go? What does it do to us? How does it change us? How does it shape us? How does it um, direct us? The Queen Mother sort of shows us that in a powerful, powerful way. I remember when I was in the seminary, we had right at the end of our course in this quick course on Mariology, on Mary, Theology of Mary. And we had this beautiful sister who uh, directed that. It was a short course. It was only six sessions, I think. Um, might have even been shorter than that. But one thing that became very clear, and she said this, is that Mariology is not really about pious, you know, it's not about the songs and the rosary beads and the wreaths of flowers and all that kind of stuff. That helps us enter into it. But Mary functions in, a, in, a, in an incredibly important way for the sense of our faith. Everything that we believe, the incarnation, the dignity of the human person, the, the goodness of flesh and the material world, Think of all the horrible ideas that people have had that dehumanize us. All of that is just stamped out when we look at Mary. It's literally crushed under her heel because those are serpentine ideas. They're, they're wrong. You are precious. You are wonderfully, fearfully made. And God has 
prepared really the, the entire cosmos for you. That's how much you matter. And not only this world, but as Jesus tells us in John's Gospel, I've gone to prepare a place for you. I wouldn't have told you otherwise. There are many rooms there and there's one for you. I've gone and I've prepared it. Think of this. I was, I was thinking this while I was just praying before Mass. Jesus says to Philip in that encounter, when he's really trying to reveal himself, and he's been with them a long time, and Philip says, Lord, show us the Father. And Philip, uh, Jesus says, Philip, <laughs> how, how slow are you? you know, I've been with you so long. Do you still not know me? Elsewhere, he says, no one has seen the Father but the Son. No one knows the Son but the Father. There's this intimate, intimate, very, very privileged uh, knowledge between the Father and the Son that really only they share. When Jesus lifts Mary up bodily in her kind of sensory ability with her, with her senses, you know, sight, smell, touch, all of Mary goes up. She sees what only the Son sees. And that's hard to imagine. I mean, it's impossible to imagine. She sees the Father. She's seated there, arrayed in gold. She sees that blissful image that... You know what the beatific vision is? Like, that's what we're made for, to gaze on our God. And we're trying to do it right now. And He's gazing on us as well. So simply, why don't we gather in the company of Our Lady who's gone before us, but in a strange way, companions are still. You know, she goes before us, but she goes behind us as well, uh, rallying us, rallying us on the way. Let's sit and let's gaze. And if we can, let's gaze, not just with our eyes, but with our mother's eyes, with our brother Jesus' eyes. Let's gaze. Let's be drawn up into that thing that we hope for, we long for the fullness of peace, the fullness of joy, the fullness of grace. This has all been prepared for you. And every little step you make is a wonderful, wonderful step on the journey. We have what we call a sure hope. 